0: Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name's Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, here's your host and my friend,
1: Aaron Conrad. Creepy team. All right, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted from my studios in Old Hilliard. And this is a reboot. Um, a week ago, not even a week ago, we sat down and we did this interview and my microphone was completely destroyed. And so we, we have to come back. And so he, he was kind enough to take time today. First of all, who is my guest? And we will go from there.
0: All right. Uh, Kurt Harding, a good friend of Aaron's and a good friend of the show. And I'm a big fan,
1: too. So happy to be back. Friend of show, this is like, so just so everybody knows, uh, the second or third episode we ever recorded was with you. And the reason why was because you're just an incredible individual. And when I first started and really every episode since, I wanted to introduce people to amazing people and you're one of those amazing people. So welcome back again for the, I guess, third time for our purposes, but for this audience the second time. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Well, all right. So, we've got um since our first episode. And the reason why I wanted to re-record was because uh the first episode was again uh episode 2 or 3 and um this stuff gets buried in the archives. So, since our mm-hmm. first episode, uh you've done two things. One, you had a little minor procedure that we'll talk about. Yeah. And you gave away more. your daughter <laughs> so when, I did. Yes. when we say minor procedure, it was not a minor procedure. It was a big deal. So can we start, let's just start with the minor procedure, which was not a minor procedure that you actually had. Can we start there? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I had been feeling a little
0: out of shape and, um, I'm in okay shape. I, I take care of myself and, um, I was having trouble going upstairs. I mean, I was, I was getting out of breath and it was just different from what I normally feel. Um, so I don't even have a doctor. I haven't had a doctor in like a decade. So, um, I just Googled doctors in my area that's close, close to work. And, um, I ended up finding one and they immediately went to the heart. They said that your heart's just not sounding right. It's not pumping correctly. And I thought, this is why I don't go to doctors. (laughs) You know, you you go all the way to heart. I mean, really, we're going to leap to that, Right. right? Right. Um, but, uh, they were absolutely a hundred percent correct. Um, it turns out that I had a birth defect and my aortic valve was completely toast. I mean, they said it was like an 80 year old. This thing just was not working at all. So the heart was working overtime and that's why I was having trouble going upstairs. And I was having trouble doing a lot of things, even just doing my own podcast. It was just hard to breathe. I I just didn't have any lung capacity and I was having trouble speaking and it was just very strange. So. Um so I had an open heart surgery. Um they could not do it through a vein. Um it had to be open heart when that was wow. I just I it's still weird saying it out loud even though it's been since December now. It's been 5 months. Um it is still just shocking to even say that I had open heart surgery but they had to go in there and they had to fix it and they did and now I'm part cow which is really
1: interesting. That's right. So that was something we talked about. You're a park cow. And so can we talk about the procedure itself? What what went into the procedure because I know our our band of brothers and we're in a text string together um uh there's a lot of guys locally which one of my favorite things is how um you know there's a lot of bad about social media and we can rant on that all day but one of the things that's so cool about social media is there's people locally there's people in my village that have the you know if we were to draw circles the two circles intersect in the middle and my village has become part of your village and those guys were praying for you um which Mm -hmm. I love so much about so as much as people get upset about social media, I'm, I'm a fan because our villages can connect. And so our village was praying for you. So can you talk about the procedure? Cause I know there was a whole guy, a whole lo- lot of guys that were praying for you during that procedure. Oh man, absolutely. And, and I
0: felt that mm-hmm. I, I felt that because that was not an easy thing to come back from. It was, uh, they didn't tell me a whole lot going in, and, and the doctor said to me, please don't Google this stuff. Right? <laughs> don't, right. don't go to WebMD. <laughs> don't, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, just don't. You don't don't worry about it. I got this. I've done this a million times. For real. Um, so, so I didn't. I really didn't do a lot of homework. I just thought this is going to be the worst thing ever, and it really wasn't in hindsight. But it was tough, and I did feel those prayers. It was so great just hearing from people from elementary school all the way to today, um, I just was supported so much and it, it just, it really, really made the healing process a lot m- smoother because really it was, it was tough. You know, my, my days consisted of going from the bed to the shower, to my chair, mm-hmm. and that was considered a successful day. Right. right. <laughs> and, um, so it was, it was tough, um, you know, being cracked open like that. It's very, it's very tough on that muscle, that, that chest muscle. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to sleep, and you certainly don't want to cough or sneeze. Oh my gosh! I, I found every way to stop sneezing ever known to man.
1: You didn't watch. You didn't watch episodes of The Office because it would probably be too hard on. Oh laughing. no, no,
0: no! Somebody sent me. Somebody said I should look at this. Uh, I should watch the David Chappelle uh, special on Netflix, right. and they said, "Oh, that'll make you feel so much better since you're laid up at home." I watched about thirty-four seconds of that, and I could not. She would laugh at it was too
1: much too much right yeah right so let me ask you this we didn't we didn't cover this on our episode that will never air because my microphone was jacked up um Mm -hmm. let me ask you this when you so you know going into heart surgery is a little different than i had my gallbladder removed i wasn't Mm -hmm. getting my affairs in order (laughs) before that surgery and i'm not, not literally i don't mean to laugh or minimize um going into a heart surgery that's different it's very different what did it change your perspective on things before you went into the surgery and were there conversations that you felt like you needed to have? Cause I think that's a conversation for us to have is um, why do we wait until then? But let me ask you that first, as you were going into this, this is a major surgery. This is a big deal. And mm. I, we're, we're laughing and yeah. joking, but this is a big deal. Um, did it change your perspective prior to and post?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it really, I I am an optimist, right. um, always have been. Um, so when I found out what was happening, I, when I got over the initial shock of it, um, I really believed that I was going to be fine. I really believed that it was going to be okay. I just didn't want to go through it, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> I didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want to go through the pain and, you know, all of that. But I, uh, it didn't really dawn on me until about the day before that it is very possible I might not come home. Right. That was the first day it really hit me is the day before. Right. Um, and that is when I sat down at my desk and I wrote letters to my daughters mm-hmm. and my wife and my parents. And they were just thank you letters. Yeah. They, it, it was cool how they turned out because, of course, when you first started, it's terrible. You're thinking – how do I address this? (laughs) But it ended up just being thank you letters. Thank you for letting me be your dad. Mm. Thank you for letting me be your son. Um, and I just had the time of my life. I mean, I have had an unbelievable life. And so, um, it was, they were tough to write, but at the same time, if you're writing a thank you letter, it's fairly easy because you've got a lot of great things to thank people for. And so that's, that's how I approach that.
1: So, I can't even begin to imagine as a dad, as a husband, as a son, as a brother, um, what it would be like to sit down with a pen and paper the night before a surgery. And I, I don't want to go dark on the, on you know, I, because again, you're here, you're yeah. here. And that's the positive. But uh, where do you even begin to start to write those kind of letters? Um, I think it's just such a reminder for all of us that, that we are here, but a mist, mm-hmm. a mist. And it's, and Again, I don't want to go dark, but I think it's such a reminder that we're not promised. Tomorrow. I'm not promised five minutes from now. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. really not. And um, what I've... What, so pause there because what I want to say to everyone is what I appreciate, appreciate about Kurt Harding and why he's on this episode is because he has lived his life um, with joy, with purpose, uh, <laughs> and being a storyteller and all those things. Um that God forbid if something would have happened in that surgery, you would have had no regrets mm, from my not. perspective as a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. I, I would have said that guy had no regrets. Yes. So absolutely. anyone listening to this today, live that way. Yeah. Live, yeah. L- like live that way because, uh, you know, the night before a surgery, if you're sitting down to write letters, it's too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you should have said should be said. I'm preaching, but, but, What you should have said should have been said. How you loved your wife should have been how you loved your wife. Mm -hmm. Um, How you loved your friends should have been how you loved your friends. How you went to work every day should have been how you went to work every day. Uh, And I I think you would say this. um, I don't want to speak for you, but uh, so I'm on a little bit of a rant. But I guess I'm just saying... Don't wait till the night before major surgery. And I know you didn't is mm-hmm. what I really want to say is you didn't. And as what I know of you is that you live your life that way. And should have anything have happened in that surgery, there's no one I know of that would have been like, Well, you know, the guy probably should have checked some boxes before he went into surgery. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's not you. So anyway, I'm yeah. sorry for that. And it
0: was it was also cool just to point out some things that um people brought to my life even my daughters you know they're they're only 21 years old but in the letter I was thanking them for letting me be their dad and I was also just bringing up little things that happened throughout their life like um, things that just made me laugh or Mm -hmm. I love when you did this and that and and I I hope you continue to you know forge forward and do do the things be fearless like you always have been and um, yeah. That's also important is just pointing out the things that they've meant to you as well. And that's why it turned out to be an easy letter to write. And I don't mean that it was no. hard, but it was easy to come up with the words because I only wanted to write a page or two. And I, un- I ended up just, <laughs> you know, doing this three page thing because it when you really start going, there's a lot to write to somebody. You know? right. Um, right. But it was it was important to do because I, I just I was like, man, I, I know I'm going to be fine, but if, if, wouldn't it just be cool if. for them to have this forever? So that's why I did it.
1: Well, I'm so glad we got to re-record because we didn't cover that in our first uh, mm-hmm. recording. Right and, right. and I think what we just talked about is really important for anyone listening. And, and again, why I appreciate you so much and, and, uh, uh, love your mentorship in my life, uh, because of the way you live yours. So thank you. Okay. So you mentioned your two daughters, uh, you gave one of them away. That was the other big thing that we talked about. So what was it like being the father of the bride?
0: Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for your Steve Martin um, tweets. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) There was some, you know, there's some downtime when you're getting ready for the wedding and I'm just like on my phone sitting in the pew waiting, you know, for my next instructions. dad you need to I think be over it was here.
1: Wait, wait 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 i think it was like 40 uh, it was probably 20 to 40 minutes before go time it was like <laughs> probably like kickoff yeah. <laughs> was like 20 or 40 minutes away and i sent you a text expecting no return yeah, expecting yeah. no response and you're like yeah doing pretty good just yeah, you know we're about 20 minutes away <laughs> like, dude put away your phone. yeah i'm just sitting there <laughs> I going, going let's, let's get the show on the
0: road you know right Oh, uh, but yeah. it was great. But uh but it was just a perfect day, perfect weather, perfect venue. It was in Little Dixon, Tennessee, which I had never heard of. I had no idea what I was going into. I thought it was just a wooded area where I wouldn't even get any reception. Um <laughs> but it it was it was a beautiful beautiful ceremony. Um the faith in that building. One of the most faithful weddings I've ever been. God was in that building and that was terrific and it just makes a dad feel so much better Uh, I love the kid he's great Um, my new son-in-law he's great and and just knowing how much faith is in their marriage and um, it just made that a lot easier and walking her down the aisle I was totally fine I was together I was doing great until about halfway down and all of a sudden my brain told me you know you could have missed this. If you wouldn't have gone yeah. in for that heart thing, you could have missed this. And that's, yeah. that's when I still kept it together, but that's when I really started. <laughs> the walk was a little difficult after that, <laughs> Yeah, but it was all wonderful. It was all great. And I just took my seat and watched, uh, watched this beautiful ceremony and
1: I'll never forget it. Well, we'd like, we talked about, it. I think you said it, um, you know, guys don't mess around. I mean if you're not feeling right if you're not feeling well if you're Mm -hmm. not because as you just said you know there's there's a a chance you may not have been able to do that so guys if you're listening or uh wives if you're listening make sure your your guy goes to the hospital make yeah, sure if yeah it's not especially if well, something just feels
0: different you know like I, right. the reason I went to the doctor is to get like a workout plan you know I was like this mm-hmm. feels different so do I need to lose 10 pounds do I need to what do you think do I need to play more tennis what do you that was my whole reason for going uh, because it just felt different than your normal sluggishness you know yeah. um so yeah definitely go to the doctor and be honest with that doctor and tell him. This just feels odd. I mean, I remember sitting at my desk and sort of dreading going out to my car. It was like, I got to walk all the way to my car. And that's when I said, well, why is that a problem? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be in tune with your body and you got to be honest.
1: And because you, and, and, you want to be there for the moments, whether it's your son, daughter, uh, wife, it, you got to be there and you yeah. want to be there. So we celebrated with you. Uh, I got to imagine the party was, ain't no party like a Harding party, I'm just <laughs> going to say. I mean, <laughs> what, what? Uh, seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was maybe
0: a little lucky that there wasn't a lot of video being taken, but hey, that's all right. It's all on the dance floor now. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: perfect. One of the things you mentioned was, uh, so you are a, I am a new edition honk i mean mm. i'm a i'm a new edition guy you are a huey lewis guy Yeah. and uh the the daughter <laughs> daughter father daughter dance was uh, a song by huey lewis and most people are probably like uh hang on that doesn't make <laughs> but but can you tell a story about the daughter da- the father daughter dance
0: Yeah I, I did not know what it was going to be and uh, I went out on the floor and I still didn't recognize it and I held my daughter and I started dancing and and then I realized that it was a remake of The Power of Love done in a ballad uh, I don't know who the female artist is but she's terrific and it was really good and that was super touching cuz she did that for me she knows Yeah I mean, I dragged her to a Huey Lewis concert once, so she knows so, that my obsession.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, now, 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 I'm, I'm literally I'm trying really hard. On, you're not gonna make me cry, no, nope. because Gary Miracle makes me cry, and okay. I'm not gonna do it on this episode. Okay, good. I'm not gonna do it, but <laughs> but just just knowing that your daughter did something special for you because Huey Lewis is your dog is named Huey Lewis. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, and now it's her dog, so she
0: she she uh, she will have to live with Huey Lewis for at least 15 years. <laughs> which is just That's, a great dad thing to do to a kid. So perfect. <laughs> it's
1: seriously perfect. I might, I'm going to pawn off Websey when the time comes. Cause I, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Like we could get rid of Websey. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so, all right, next transitioning, because um, so last week when we, you and I had talked I was coming off of a day where I went home. So I went home to be with a friend of mine who's going through a bad way. And um, while I was home, I, I visited my, uh, the house that built me, to quote Miranda Lambert, uh, knocked on the door and spent some time with the current owner, which was awesome. I'm, I'm forever thankful for her time, but, uh, it reminded me of a time. I think it was about a year ago where you also went through a journey where you just took some time off. I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. Can you talk about the time where you just took some time to find yourself a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And this was
0: before I found out about the heart. but I had been feeling just off and you know hindsight tells you maybe that was part of it. but I was definitely feeling off last summer and uh, I had what I guess is a panic attack, which I've never had before. Um, here at work, I had to leave a meeting and I went into my car and I started crying more than I've ever cried in my entire life for almost mm-hmm. no reason. And it was it, it was as if somebody had just, killed somebody I know. I mean, that's how right. hard it hit me. Um, and I, that's really scared me. And I knew right then that I needed to take some time off. So I went home to Michigan where I'm originally from kind of a small town, Saginaw, hundred miles North of Detroit. Um, and I just went back and just connected. I saw my buddy who I met when I was five years old, when we played matchbox cars together and I went back to my high school and my elementary school and drove all the same streets that I was on. And um, I touched the cement where I wrote Kurt 1972 in the cement with a stick. Uh, It was just a very great way of just feeling safe again, Um, especially at my high school. I, I shot a video, which is a little bit hard for me to watch now because I'm not there anymore. So you're looking at a chapter that you're not in anymore, which is interesting. Um, but I shot the video and just tried to explain what I was going through and why I was outside of my high school where things made sense, um, where I was really happy and I knew what the next day and the day after that was going to be and the day after that and all the friends I was going to see and all the stability, that's what I wasn't feeling. I wasn't feeling stable. I wasn't, I was feeling, um, overwhelmed by the world. Um, all the things that really shouldn't bother you because they're not in your control. But at that moment, everything was bothering me. So it really was, it was a great way of just going back and connecting. And as I said, in the video, there was a time I just wanted to sit there and breathe. And that's what I did. And it really was therapeutic. Um, I recommend doing it whatever that connection is for you, because I understand high school isn't that for a lot of people. Um, right, it's the opposite right. of that for a lot of people, but, uh, for sure. But to go back and, and do something that where you really felt safe and good and the world was good. Um, and just relive that a little bit. I, I recommend it. It was a very, very therapeutic for me.
1: And I love that because that's exactly what I did. I went, I went down the street that I grew up on. I, I, I said the names in my head of, All the people, I I, I told my wife, I never realized how many people I went to high school with lived on our street. And Mm. so it was, I drove by the, you know, this house and that house. And I was saying their last names as I drove down. I drove by the house uh, that I got beat up every day when I went to my (laughs) piano lesson. And and like you said, it's not necessarily a great memory, but it is a memory. And uh, that is what shaped who I am today. And then, uh, as I said, I went to a gas station and I was standing in the gas station in Bedford, Ohio. And there's a song called Damaged by TLC. (laughs) <laughs> that was playing on the radio. I remember this stuff because I'm an empath. Uh, that was on the radio. The girl behind the counter was singing. I was standing in an aisle and I was singing, and uh, I in it, almost audibly I heard "Your Home, Your Home." Mm. These are your people. Yeah. And and that was healing for me. Um, I think we get away from who who we were. You know what built us. There's apps and and, and there's just life. Uh, We'll just cover it with a big old life bandaid. But life happens and we forget who we were, the joy that we had, uh, what built us. And so that for me was important. And when I I was home, I thought about you driving home from that uh, because I know you did the same thing. So, again, we're not recommending... You know, everybody hop in their car and go back to their hometown. Maybe it's different for everyone, you said that. Um, mm. Maybe it's your college, maybe it's a house you grew up in, maybe it's a, uh, I don't know what that is for you, but right. go go do that, take time, Take take a day, take a mental day. Um, and go do that because yeah. you'll be amazed at how much it will just inspire you again, like to find yourself. Um, yeah, 100%. And I, and I said
0: in the video that I realized the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. 100%. I, I'm right. always looking forward, I'm always pushing and going forward. But every once in a while, it's okay to look back because that's yeah. where your friends were, and that's I, where things, your parents, your young parents were. And hate, um, goodness. that's yeah. where your church was. You know, that's where you were introduced to God. Maybe, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, nothing wrong with glancing in that review mirror for just a time and then straightening yourself up and going forward. That's, and that's what it was all about.
1: Again, we didn't talk about this on the first episode, so I'm so glad we're redoing this. Um, you have a scar, uh, for you. That scar is a memory. And so as we're talking about this, maybe looking back in that, um, is a scar for someone, but it's there for a reason. It's mm-hmm. to remind us of something, and so if you get a chance, go do that. Take take the time. Uh, so, and I want to transition to that because I think we're talking about now about mental health. And you had a post uh, last week, I believe it was. This month is set aside by the world. <laughs> or whoever sets these things uh, (laughs) as Mental Health Awareness Month when reality is every month should be Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, especially now more than ever. But uh, you had a post uh, that you wrote. Um, Can you talk about that post and what drove you to it and then some of the tips that you had in that post because it's really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the post
0: is called My Flu um, and it's on kurtharding.com. And basically I came up with that title because that's what it feels like for me. The the um fighting of anxiety and some depression in my past feels like a flu because it comes and goes and it's usually it's usually gone for it could be years, but it but it rears its ugly head and it's important to uh identify what that is, identify its power, which was one of the things I wanted to write about. I know that it wants to destroy me. And there are things that I have to intentionally do to fight that, to fight back. I have to be aware of it. I have to know when it's coming on. And there are things I have to do to remain well. And a couple of those things are garbage in, garbage out. Make sure that you're not letting in a bunch of garbage. That's media. That's toxicity. That's people. Whatever it is for you that may trigger you or... or just any kind of negativity or gossip or anything like that. Just, just realize you have to stay away from that and you can't participate in that. You just realize what is it, what it is for you. Um, that I talked about an herb that I take St. John's wort, which has been just a lifesaver. Um, I, I notice when I'm running low on those and I don't take them. Um, it's just a, it's just an herb that helps me. It's three times a day and it just becomes part of my routine. Um, asking for help. Um, it's so easy to withdraw and go into your own shell when you're feeling bad. And mm-hmm. you want to do that because you don't want to be a burden to anyone. Um, but I have to ask for help. And I will I will be up front and I'll look you in the eye and say, hey, will you help me? And I wasn't yeah. doing that at one time. And I could feel that. That was, that was a mistake. Um, connection. We all really, really need connection. The pandemic was probably the exclamation point on this when we were all told to disconnect, basically, right. because right. that's going to save us. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people were cheering. The introverts out there were like, yes, finally, I don't have to connect. Uh, but that's right. not how we were designed. God did not design us to be disconnected from one another. We need each other. And if mm-hmm. we don't connect with one another, then our, we're not going to be well. And if we right. can't be well, we can't help others be well. And so that right. was the point of writing that whole thing. And I'm, I'm hoping it helps a lot of people because there were about 20, 20 tips or so of things that I do. I love what somebody wrote under the post they wrote. This sounds like good advice just for life, whether you have anxiety right. or not, which right. was a great compliment.
1: Right. 100%. And one of the things we talked about in the last episode that, that won't make it to print is uh, the song by Ed Sheeran. Called uh, "Save Myself," and after our episode, I went back and listened to it. And honestly, Kurt, I sat at my desk and I cried, which mm. is on brand for me. But mm. um, I—that I, uh, song is so powerful because you said something the last time, and you said—and uh, I'm—I'm not going to do it justice. You—you you basically said, "I," for any of us that have flown, I have to put my oxygen mask on before I can put someone else's on. Um, right. Ed Sheeran's song uh, "Save Myself" talks about I in order to save someone else, I've got to save myself. Yeah. So as we talk about mental health, um, and in his song, he actually talks about, I gave my oxygen to everyone, uh, to to people that could breathe, I think is the lyric. I gave my, I gave my oxygen to everyone that could breathe. Um, and yet he was not able to breathe. Mm -hmm. And, And so I think for us, it's so important as a dad, as a husband, as a friend, as a, whatever, a wife, uh, a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or what, you name it, we have to, before we can save someone else, we have to save ourselves. Before we can, I'll let you say it, uh, what you said so well the last time about oxygen, because I think that's what you and I found when we went home was, I got to save myself. I have to find who I am. Because if not, what happens is we tend to give And then all of a sudden we are the ones that are a mess Mm. right i don't know i don't know what do you think about that yeah yeah um well i think you and
0: i one of the reasons we connect so well is that we both have a heart for people and when you have a heart for people you do want to help everything you want to you want to just be there for everyone um but you do you have to you have to take care of yourself i mean think of it as a a gas tank you know you you've got to fill your tank so that you can take people places um, and if if your tank gets low and you're you're just neglecting yourself, then you're not going to be any good for any others. So that is uh, that was the reason for going home. That was the reason for being upfront with the blog. It's just to make sure that people know I am here for you. I had to be there for myself at first to get re-energized and refueled. And um, and yeah, I, I I definitely needed that oxygen for a little while so that I could help you with yours. And that is. <laughs> That's what we're all about. That's what we're supposed to be all about. You know, right. God told us to love one another and he, he knew exactly how hard that was going to be. Oh, I
1: love that line. Yeah. You say know, that one more time. Please. He did
0: not say love one another and go, well, that'll be easy for them because they're all humans and they all, <laughs> he right. said, love one another and made that a command because he knew how difficult that would be for us.
1: That's mic drop. Uh, absolute mic drop. Um, and, and what I love about you too, is you live that. So, um, one of the things we talked about is you, uh, you work for Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. shout out Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and you're actually in his studios right now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a part of that, you, you take 20 something people to lunch. We had a pretty good conversation around Gen Z, um, and the, the misunderstanding of Gen Z. So can you talk about taking 20 somethings to lunch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this goes back to connectivity. Um, when you're connecting, you know, think about who you should connect with and who you can connect with. Um, and sometimes that's a completely, uh, um, uh, out of the box kind of thing to do. And for me, it's a lot of the young people that work in this building. So we've got a thousand employees here and they're all age groups, but there are a lot of 20 somethings, a lot of super smart Techy kind of people yeah. that you yeah. know you're the dumbest guy in the room when you walk in a lot of times you know, For real. Um, but uh, but one of the things I do is just make sure once a month at least I connect with one of these Gen Zs or millennials. I'm not sure where the line is, but right. Um, right. but I I definitely get with them and just ask them how their life is going, and they and they are amazed by that. They're amazed that I'm taking notice of them, that I see them, that I hear them and they are really quick to ask for advice, um, and ask about just how I got here and our, our journeys together. And we compare notes and, um, it is, it is, it is awesome. And I love this generation. I absolutely do. Um, I, they don't know the word. No, they, they ask if something has been done a certain way and why haven't we tried that lately? And have we ever tried this, and they've just got all this energy and, um, it energizes me because I want to stick I want to be up there with them. I don't want to be the That's old right. guy in the corner, right That's right. <laughs> so, right. right so I just and take I think one of l- the things we go ahead yeah, I just take a lot of energy from them because it's, it's 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 just something that they can't help it. They're just exploding with energy, and I love it.
1: one of the things we talked about was one of the ways that they're so misunderstood is they they don't want to own anything and people say that as a negative mm-hmm. well because they don't want to own anything, it's because they're compassionate and that they're not you work for Dave Ramsey you know what but people like our age are under clouds of debt and they have rung up credit cards and now we could go on a whole nother ramp but but (laughs) but because we have a home and a mortgage and a car and this and that and a college like we 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 uh we have taken on a ton of debt and we can't be compassionate even if we want to because our wallet's empty yeah, um, for sure. so when you say, well, they don't want to take on any debt. They don't want to own anything. Is that a bad thing? Like, seriously, is that a bad thing? Because at the end of the day, they're probably the most compassionate people I've ever been around because they have the flexibility to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. ranting again, but wouldn't you agree that, that, uh, this, that they don't want to own anything and that's not a bad thing. That should not be looked at as a negative. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what they're passionate about. They're passionate about experiences over material mm-hmm. things. Right. They want right. experiences. They would much rather travel to Italy for two weeks than they would have, uh, you know, three PCs and three rooms. Um, right. And it just that's that's how they're wired. Um, they want experiences and they have a real, real strong sense of social justice. Um, right. they, they want things to be fair. And I know life isn't always fair, but they when someone's mistreated in any way a Gen Z will go off on them. I mean, they're throwing hands. They are ready, you know, because they're going to protect people. And this is my greatest sense of hope as I look forward into the future. I just think that things like racism and bigotry and all these things are just going to die on the vine eventually because I think young people are just going to be like, why are you doing that when we have these other things to do? I just really believe in this generation.
1: I love that you take them to lunch because I think we have so much to learn. And our learning is not going to be on Twitter or on Facebook or on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sitting across the table in a coffee shop, at a lunch, uh, at Chipotle, wherever it might be, uh, having conversation just yeah. like you and I are right now. Yes. I can't understand you if I don't understand you. And I can't understand you because your tweet. Mm -hmm. Um, I I need to know you. And uh, thankfully, I've gotten to know you. So hopefully in this episode, people have gotten to know you as well. Where can people find you? Because we haven't even talked about you have a podcast. You start a podcast right after ours. And uh, it's awesome. It's way better. It's way polished. (laughs) It's it's not messy like mine is. (laughs) Uh, It sounds awesome. uh, But it's inspirational. And my favorite part is it's short. Very like an hour. So (laughs) yours are. So can you talk about your podcast? Yeah.
0: So I had no idea what I was doing in the podcast world. I had no clue. And I'm an old radio guy and I've been on television and and things. But with this new technology, I had no idea what I was doing. So uh, when you started yours, I was like, man, Aaron's doing it, man. He's making it happen. (laughs) He's not just talking about it. He's actually got guests and he's doing it. So I need to do that. So I'll tell you what I did. I bought a microphone. And it was an expensive microphone, and that was what really pushed me because I'm like, you better start something now because your wife's going to go, why would you buy that microphone? <laughs> you got the expense now. Yeah. You need the revenue. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, so I, I didn't want to jump into guests right away because, again, I didn't know what I was doing. And um, and also 2020 hit and getting with guests was not as easy. So I thought, you know, maybe I should just do like four or five minutes short inspirational storytelling type of, uh, things that I've just seen in my life and felt and, and lived throughout my life. Um, so that's what it is. It's the short pause podcast and it's on Apple and Spotify. You can find it They're four to five minutes. And hopefully you hear that and you, you go away with, uh, just a good feeling and a, a feeling of hope. And that's, that's the whole goal of, of what they are.
1: So I'd recommend start your day with the short pause podcast, uh, with, uh, Kurt. And then if, uh, if podcasts aren't your thing, the website, isn't that the, so you have a website, mm-hmm. uh, you are a writer, uh, you are a storyteller. And as you said, at some point in this episode, uh, we care about people. We, we love people. I, I think that's why you and I connect so much Is we, we love the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't get caught up in all the rest of it. What I love is that every one of us has a story. And that's never going to go out of style <laughs> because we all have one. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, the podcast is short pause podcast and kurtharding.com Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Kurt with a C. Kurt with a C Harding dot com. Sign up there. Go to the website. Check it out. Check out his blog because there's some great stuff written there. He's an incredible storyteller and an incredible writer. Uh, they can find you on Facebook, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And Instagram, too. My my kids made me do that.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, is that like in the last week? Because I don't know if you had an Instagram. But he is on Twitter. So at Kurt Harding with a C. At Kurt Harding. Uh, on twitter that's where you and i have have uh kept by the way i heard that our uh table is now ready at the millmore <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's an inside joke nobody else right, will understand right. but anyway it is finally ready, ready so.
0: yes and there's a new blog up t- today um on awesome. com that talks about loneliness and it it goes back to this connectivity thing um loneliness is literally killing us and Um, There are things that you can do to make sure that you're not lonely. And there are people that are married with a big family and a bunch of friends that are still super, super Super lonely. lonely. And um, so, yeah, that's new today if you go to that and just just see how you can combat that. And we talked about one of them, and that's connecting with people. But
1: there are some other little nuggets there. I can't wait to read it because, honestly, I'll be in a room full of people and be completely lonely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Not to be transparent, but seriously, like that's more personality style than anything else. I think Mm -hmm. as empaths, we do that. But, uh, I've been in multiple rooms where there was a bazillion people and I was completely lonely and alone. And that's nobody's fault. That's mine. I gotta figure out how to do that. So now I want to go read the podcast. (laughs) I want to go read the blog post. So. All right my friend uh thank you thank you for 2.0 for 3.0 for you and I cuz we've already recorded once and it didn't work out. Um thank you for everything. Thank I'm so we were so um scared. Uh you know I I don't oh. my life and my world wouldn't be the same if Kurt Harding wasn't in it. And um uh, I'm really glad that uh that the surgery went well. And that the world still has a Kurt Harding in it because this world's a better place uh, with Kurt Harding in it. So, man, thank that didn't you. happen on the last episode, but that's just real walking yeah, down the script. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank I you love you, brother, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad the surgery went well. I'm gonna lean on you real heavily when I gotta let my princess, my princesses, walk down that aisle. <laughs> and uh, man, I'm just really glad for Dave Schrader. Shout out Dave Schrader because. We wouldn't know each other without him. So that's right. Anyway, that's exactly true. I mean, he's good <laughs> for art. something. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's not right. That ain't right. Man. That ain't right. No, Dave Schrader, Dave Schrader's the best of us. So I gotta get him back on again. But all right. Uh Kurt uh, the short podcast, uh, at Kurt Harding on Twitter, on Facebook, Kurt Harding with a C. Uh, find my guy, make him a part of your village. Trust me, it'll be worth every minute of it. Man, I love you. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate this, and it's always great to see you. All right, brother. <laughs> I don't know about that. I got a face for radio, so. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> we are not right, said Fred. We, Kurt and I can't go out because... We, people think we're right said Fred yeah that's right and we're too sexy we're not. for this podcast so so now people are googling who right said Fred is but uh, we're too sexy we're too sexy for this podcast we're too sexy for... <laughs> so anyway, alright I love you I'll talk to you soon thanks for coming on alright see you. Right. see you, brother bye
0: <laughs> thanks for joining us for another episode of the unscripted podcast with your host Aaron Conrad make sure to like share follow and review on your favorite podcast platforms Also make sure to check out my song Great and Mighty One on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad.